Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Middle of the week, June 14th, Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon alongside Michael Borkey and Brian Haydad. I'm Richard Cross. We are coming to you, as always, from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Not one, but two 18-hole championship courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas. Great condition, award-winning golf courses, courses that you can play, that you can easily play by going to DancingRabbitGolf.com. Booking your tea time, planning your trip today. Love to hear from you on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from ceasefire business. Learn more online at ceasefire.com slash business. There was a strange thing that happened in Major League Baseball last night. The Oakland A's fans organized and pulled off a rather successful reverse boycott. So normally when you think of a boycott, you think of staying away from a product or an entity or a service. You're going to not use it. But the A's fans called it a reverse boycott. And the idea was, let's show the ownership of the Oakland A's that attendance isn't the... And they did that by <laughs> weather is going to be a thing today it's just uh, it's just going to happen that way he, he ain't happy though he ain't, he ain't happy. happy at all i kind of want to save just think, uh, uh, take the audio away from yeah, that reaction we'll turn that into a gif oh goodness he is all over the place now so I, I think he forgets he's on camera sometimes We'll see how that goes. Anyway, yeah, we're gonna reverse say, boycott. Uh, 27,000 people showed up, and, and they were loud, and they were doing chants and all that. Here's my thing, though. God bless the people that tried, because losing your team's got to stink, right? That's got to be horrible. Yeah. But I don't think 27,000 people at one game is going to sway ownership to not move well, to a different city. No, it's 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 not. But at the same time, you think about 27,000 at a midweek game for a last-place team. It's pretty good. I mean, they got that every game. And here's what here's what you need to know. You know, you have owners saying, "Oh, we're losing money. We're losing money." Last night, all of the ticket revenue from that game went to a local charity. Twenty seven thousand people, right? Not not a capacity crowd by any stretch of the imagination. They donated over eight hundred thousand dollars to this charity. One game, half full crowd, eight hundred thousand dollars. Go cry poor somewhere else. All right. 
Don't tell me you're losing money. You're making money hand over fist. Sorry for my little outburst if you were watching on Ceasefire TV where I threw my hat and slammed the microphone when I looked up and it just randomly quit. I have no idea. I, I thought there was a great setup, a great buildup for a question I was going to ask you guys. Um, thank, thanks ahead. for picking up the story. So, ne- so nearly We're, we're going to save that, by the way. Oh, yeah, that, that's going to be a GIF. That oh, you throwing the hat. That's going to be a GIF. the audio, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna GIF that, and uh, anytime Ole Miss loses a game going forward, you're gonna see that the the, the hat being thrown or the microphone being yes. shoved. I have you with the cowbell for when something good happens for State. Now mm-hmm. I have something bad for Ole Miss. I've, I've got it all. It's all a man needs. Ceasefire text line. Richard got sucked into the vortex. Yeah, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. No, I was just, so. What was your question? Well, the, so this reverse boycott. We're gonna show the big bad owners. Just how supportive we are. Well, shouldn't you have done that before they decided to sell the team? I mean, congratulations on having 20,000 fewer oh. than capacity oh. in your building. They didn't decide to sell the team. They decided to, move the, team, the team. to move, move the team. What the yeah. fans want is for the owner to sell the team. Right. But if, if you were... Now, there actually is a reasonable question. I, I saw somebody... Wondering this online. If you're moving your team from one small market, why do you pick another small market as the new home? I know things are going well in Vegas with the with the Raiders, but the Raiders are in the NFL and it doesn't matter. Because Vegas yeah. is about to pass through funding for a stadium that the billionaire can't. Exactly. Exactly. They're gonna pay for the billion dollar stadium they want. Exactly. Sure. And sure. having been but, to the Oakland Coliseum, well, what, there are very few venues in this country. That are worse. Hundred percent. No, I, I had, yes, I had a friend I who took a trip to the Bay Area. I had a friend take a trip to the Bay Area earlier this year, and he went to an A's game. He likes to just go to baseball games. He took, took his son, and he said he'd never seen anything like. It. He said it was like walking through a football stadium on a random Wednesday. There's just nobody there during a game. The game was going on. He said concession stands closed. Nobody in the concourse. He said it was crazy. But to answer your question, Richard. It's because the team is purposefully, purposefully terrible. They trade yes. away all their good players. They don't sign new free agents. And so everybody's kind of, you know, I wouldn't say giving up on them, but why would you waste your money going out there? No, no, I, I completely get that. But then you're like, you, you, you show up semi in mass. I mean, again, 28,000, and that's rounding up, is 20,000 shy of capacity. So it's not like you filled the stadium to the brim and then you start chance of stay in Oakland and sell the team and all of these things. But but what did you prove, right? Because they were averaging 8,555 per game. That is about 1,500 fewer fans per game than Mississippi State averaged this year and Ole Miss averaged this year. And those are the teams that finished 13th and 14th in the Southeastern Conference. Yes. Yes. Yeah. On, on about, Tuesday, about the same performance and attendance. In five other Tuesday night home games, they had a combined 19,563. That's an average of 3,913, or put differently, about 1,100 fewer per game than Southern Miss averaged at Pete Taylor Park this year. What exactly was it that the Oakland fans were trying to prove last night? 
that if they want to, they'll show up. But you got to give them something worth showing up for. It okay. is really hard. I mean, to... if you if you just don't like somebody, are you just going to put money? I mean, is there a business in town? I don't know that there is. But there's probably a business in Oxford where you're like, you know, I just don't like the owner. I don't like the owner. You mm-hmm. know? So do you go there? Do you put money in his pocket? No. No. Yes, that business exists in Oxford. Yeah. <laughs> That's as far as so I'm going to go, but no. I mean, yeah. As far as you don't, no, don't go any further. Don't yeah, go any no, further. Not, not I wouldn't want you to. That no, business exists for me in Starkville. There's, there's places where I just like, I don't like those guys, so I don't go there. Yeah. But that's my point. I don't go there. It's tough, though. And, and it, there's another it debate is. here uh, but, as but, well. But hold on. If, if he sold the team and a new owner came in, would they all of a sudden start showing up? I think I think you'd have good crowd. You'd have reasonably normal crowds again. Yes, assuming especially assuming the team like a competitive pro in a franchise. Exactly. Exactly. You, you know what the new ownership would do though? Let's be honest. The same thing. They'd move the same team. Thing. Because they might. because we have established. You know, this is probably more for Gallo than anything else, but. I get that these professional teams have an economic impact on these cities. They they do. Although the the billions that they spend on the stadiums don't get recouped for a long time. It's not immediate. But why on earth multi-billionaires are not financing and funding the building of stadiums themselves? And why? Like Philadelphia. Philadelphia wants to build a new basketball arena for the 76ers. The one they're in is perfectly adequate, totally fine. Is it brand new? No, but it's fine. And the city's going to pay for it. Over a billion dollars. Why on earth should a city that has so many problems spend money on a basketball arena when they already have one? They already have one. And we just, I say we, but we just, as a society, accept that that multi-billionaire refuses to secure the financing on his own for a new stadium. Instead, he's going to hold it over the head of of a municipality with all kinds of problems and make them pay for it instead. And they do it because they're terrified of losing the teams. So so they use that leverage and hold it over their head and make them pay for it. It's bizarre to me that, that we accept that as normal. If Philly doesn't build a new stadium for the 76ers, they're going to threaten to move out of the city. I mean, come like, on. Where would the 76ers go? What's they're the, the 76ers. Of They've been there since. Well, they'd move to the suburbs. That That's money. What they do. I mean, I guess. New that money's going to all end up in the same place anyway. New Jersey. Oh, my God. It's, it's right there at the border. Uh, today is, this is still relatively new, but it has turned into a fun thing and an anticipated thing. Today is schedule release day for the SEC. Tonight at 6 o'clock on the SEC Network, we will find out who the opponents are for all 16 teams in the SEC for the 2024 season. We know that there are going to be eight conference games, not nine, eight conference games, And thanks to Peter Burns on Twitter and Instagram this morning, we know, or we think we know, that every team in the SEC will play Texas or Oklahoma in the first year in which those two teams are in the conference. Let's talk a little bit more about what we know and what we think we know for schedules that are going to be released 
in about three hours when we come back with you. Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. A place for crazy people. If it's sports in Mississippi, you'll hear about it here. Sports Talk Mississippi on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon. So we'll get a schedule for all 16 SEC teams tonight. It will not have dates. It will not have kickoff times. It will not have television network assignments. It's just names of opponents that will be scattered across the 2024 schedule for each team in the league. Uh, I mentioned that Peter Burns said this morning that each of the SEC teams will play either Texas or Oklahoma one time in the upcoming season, the 2024 season. So either the Longhorns or the Sooners at home or on the road in year one that the new teams are in the conference. That's good, first of all. Yeah. And, and it also, what was it? Was it Michael Bratton who put out the, uh, the yeah. schedules last week that were just a prediction that on Ole Miss's schedule, for example, he did not have Texas or Oklahoma on the Rebels' schedule in their first year. And so I think it's cool that everybody in the league is going to play one of those two teams. And, you know, there are mm-hmm. a lot of different ways to look at this. And, and we've seen some leaks. We, we think we know who Texas and OU, we think we know who they're going to play. Uh, in the first year, but not entirely sure and won't know for sure uh, until tonight. But if you're looking at this through the lens of a fan of the Longhorns or as a fan of the Sooners, isn't it pretty cool that in the first two years you're going to play everybody in the league, either at your place or their yeah. place? Well, it's the South. You know, when a new family moves in, you got to take them a casserole and get to know them. So that's the same, same sort of thing. We're all going to get to know each other in the first couple of seasons. I like it. Yes, I think it is cool. I think that's a good move by the conference. Uh, it'll guarantee some great matchups, and it'll, and it'll guarantee all of the fans getting to go to Norman and Austin, for a lot of them, for the first time. Yeah, I'm excited about Oklahoma. Now, I know Norman's not like this, this great destination trip where you got to go to Norman, but... You know, Norman's a pretty cool college. Uh, apparently, it's it's really nice and a really good place to watch a game. And the stadium's really nice, and the people are nice. All the, the Mexican cool. restaurants give you free queso, is what I've learned about Oklahoma. I pay, on Friday, I paid seven dollars for a small queso. I will never go back to that place. Seven dollars free queso in the state of Oklahoma just comes to the table. Wow! So I'm just Everybody saying. Everybody else just does salsa. I know, right? Yeah. So that was like a bit of a game changer. Yeah, we know a lot about Texas, right? And Ole Miss yeah. had played there about a decade ago now. Uh, time flies, but 
Oklahoma's a nationally prominent program. They've made the playoffs, something that Texas cannot say. Uh, but it still kind of feels like we're not familiar <laughs> with them. Another Borky bomb. He just slips into there, man. I'm telling you, that guy has the. He's got a jab that would make Floyd Mayweather jealous. Uh, but I, I want to see Oklahoma on both. I, I don't think we'll get them on both just because. But I, I would like to see them on both. I, I want. I'm very curious uh, about them, and, and it feels like they'll fit into the SEC nicely. Quinn, Quinn Ewers will be gone. Arch Manning will make his return to Oxford next season. I'm predicting that. In 2024? Mm-hmm. I think I think Ole Miss will host Texas. What if I told you, and, and I'm just thinking here, I, I don't know anything. What if I told you Ole Miss played at Oklahoma in 2024 and Texas came to Oxford in 2025? Well, could happen. I asked you before the show started if you had heard what I heard and you said no. I just that, told you, I just told you I don't know anything. Like, I'm just thinking out loud on that no, point. But you did I, the that, wouldn't, wouldn't, it, wouldn't it keep the, wouldn't it go Oklahoma home and away? And then are they? Is that how they're going to do? Not necessarily. This? Okay, maybe. So, so I sat, I sat down, and I, I gave it a thought. So this is like half hopeful and half actually thinking it out. I tried to put together what I think was going to happen for state, and I put together in terms of who, where has state not been recently, versus, uh-huh. and who, where has who has state not hosted recently. So this is my official prediction for Mississippi State. I think state's four home games next year will be Auburn. Texas A&M, Tennessee, and Missouri. And then they'll go on the road to Ole Miss, to Oklahoma, to Florida, and to LSU. That is my official prediction. Okay. We'll see how right I am in a few hours. So no Kentucky. I think they're gonna they'll they'll take Kentucky off for a year. Okay. Or maybe two. If they're doing um, this right, Tennessee's gonna make a return trip to Oxford. If they're doing this right. In 2024, since hey. they'll probably end up having to do a totally different model in 25, right? Either way, yeah. this is kind of a one-off. So send Tennessee to Oxford in the same year that Lane will play USC. By the way, Bob, it's a fun tour there. When's the uh, when's the last time Tennessee was in Oxford? 14. You I think that's right? Think the, yeah, that's the year right. almost. Yeah. So state they haven't been to Starkville since twelve, and state hasn't been to Florida since two thousand ten. Is just my line of thinking. So I don't think state will get Georgia. They've played Georgia six uh, five times in the last twelve years. I don't think that's going to happen. And then I'm just the Alabama thing is just hopeful. I'll admit that. I was uh, I was looking through Billy Lucci's Twitter. His tweets earlier today, just trying to kind of see what he was saying about AM, and I found a response that he had to another tweet, and I thought this was kind of funny. So this came from SEC Barstool on Twitter. And they said, after more than a decade, I still can't figure out Aggie fans, man. Last week they were telling me that Texas is going to get handed favors from the SEC. This week they're mad that Texas plays Georgia before they do. Make it make sense. <laughs> It's like, and Billy Lucci's response was, that's a pretty accurate summation, and it's never going to make sense. It's like whatever it is with Texas, it irritates Texas A&M. Whatever it is. 
If they but get into right favors, oh, look, they're just giving it to them that we've been in the league for a decade and they're just giving them what. And then if they're like, okay, the best team from the SEC, that's going to be on Texas's schedule. That's the most difficult game that Texas could possibly have in its first year in the SEC. Well, we still hadn't played them at home. <laughs> Which is yeah. it? Which it is, is it, a It is weird, though, 11 years in that <laughs> Georgia has not been to Texas A&M yet. It, I mean, it's it, like, it's, yeah, but I mean, it, it's the exact same thing that is is changing this year, right? I mean, this yeah. year will mark 13 years since it's either 12 or 13, whichever the math is, since Ole Miss has been to Athens, and it was like Texas A&M yeah. just got slotted where okay, Georgia was going to be the one that it was going to take 12 or 13 years for them to actually so, get them at, at their place. They had the old, before Oklahoma and Texas came in, they, they had schedules done up where you knew the state was scheduled to go to Florida next year. So that mm-hmm. would have been 15 years between trips. 15? 2010? I'm sorry, yeah, 2025. 2025 is when they were scheduled to go to Florida. I'm sorry. 2025. It would have been 15 years. Hmm. I mean, that's, that's just, uh... you're not even in the same conference at that point. State would have been to Hattiesburg, what, twice in that time. Yeah. That's weird that it, and that must have been where they kind of like did a reset on the schedule because the current model has your non your your non-permanent cross-division opponents that rotate where you only go to that place it's like once every 12 or 13 years however the math worked on uh, on that. So it's weird to me that it was that long between trips to Gainesville for uh, for Mississippi State. Yeah, I'm All right, glad the that's last over. time the last time that Texas yes. played each SEC team, Alabama in twenty two, Arkansas in twenty one. Is this regular season only, no or does this include the postseason? This it includes postseason. Yeah. Okay. And I know that because of Mississippi State, Auburn in ninety one. Georgia, 2019. Florida, Texas has not played Florida since 1940. 1951 for Kentucky. 2019 for LSU. That was such a cool home-and-home, Baton Rouge and Austin. Great games. Was it 19? Wait, they didn't get the home-and-home. No, they They didn't. That was the the return was was supposed to be in 20 during COVID. So guess I what? bet LSU hosts Texas this year. Yep, there you go. There's one we could probably count on. Mississippi State, 1999. It was the Cotton Bowl. 2017 for Missouri. 2013 for Ole Miss. That was the back end of the long-anticipated home-and-home with Ole Miss in Texas. 2012-2013. I, I know a lot of times the bigger brands like to schedule bigger brands, Texas, Ohio State, Southern Cal, Notre Dame, you know, what, whatever. But that was, I would say, one of the more successful non-traditional home-and-homes that you've had. There were a gazillion Texas fans that came to Oxford, a gazillion Ole Miss fans went to Austin. Both teams won one of the games. In fact, both teams won the road game. That was a cool deal. It's time for more Sports Talk Mississippi. Finally. Finally. On Super Talk Mississippi, the Super Talk app, and at supertalk.fm.
back on Sports Talk Mississippi, first hour of the show. Thanks for being with us. Five o'clock hour today, Ben McDonald will join us from Omaha. He'll be on the call for some of the College World Series games that uh, begin on Saturday, right? Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, or is it Friday, Saturday? I, I don't even know how I've forgotten that. They, they start on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First two games on Saturday, second two games on Sunday. Hey, that has not exactly studied the schedule himself at uh, at this point. Yeah, two games. I have on, not. I will admit to that. I'm wrong. Two games on Friday. Oral Roberts TCU at one o'clock on Friday afternoon. Virginia and Florida at six o'clock on Friday evening, and then on Saturday. How about this doubleheader on Saturday? Stanford Wake Forest in the afternoon game. Tennessee LSU at 6 o'clock on Saturday night in Omaha. Wonder what the, uh, wonder what the get-in-the-door price is for Tennessee LSU on Saturday night. We will uh, we'll find that out. We'll get uh, an answer to that closer to, uh, to game time. Um, we're looking at the last time that Texas and Oklahoma played everybody in the SEC. South Carolina hasn't played Texas since 1957. This one surprised me. Tennessee and Texas have not played each other since 1969. Wow. Texas A&M has not played Texas since 2011. We'll forget that. Yeah, it's been 1928 since Vanderbilt. So how many teams have played Texas since Texas A&M played them? One, two, three, four, five. Six teams in the SEC have played Texas since Texas A&M last was an opponent of the Longhorns. Do you know what the series record is between Vanderbilt and Texas? I do not. Is it like 1-0? It's 8-3 Vanderbilt. Really? Yeah. And apparently, I think the la- I think I saw it right. The last time they played, Vanderbilt beat them 45 to nothing, like in 1928 or whenever that was. Uh, that's exactly when it was, 1928, the last time <laughs> those two teams played. Texas then won no part of the Commodores. Uh, Oklahoma, there are two teams in the SEC that Oklahoma has never played. They have never played South Carolina. They have never played Mississippi State. Played Bama in 2018. Feels like Ar- uh, Oklahoma and Alabama have kind of semi-regularly played each other in a home-and-home. Home. They did that in the early 2000s and then uh, did it in the, the teens as well. Or was the, the 2018 game, was that, was that postseason? Or was that a home-and-home home that Oklahoma and Alabama did? I'm trying to remember. 2018. They had a home-and-home. Home. Okay. Wait, like 2018. Is that what you said? Yeah. I know, like, I know they the did Sugar a home-and-home home in the early 2000s. Yeah, the 2018 was the Sugar Bowl. Arkansas last played Oklahoma in 2002, Auburn in 2017, Florida 2020, Georgia 2018, Kentucky 1982. LSU in 2019, Mizzou in 2011, last time they were in the Big 12, Ole Miss in 1999 in the Independence Bowl. Tennessee did the home-and-home with OU in, what, 14 and 15? That was the uh, Baker Mayfield plant the flag game in uh, in Knoxville. And then uh, Texas Mm -hmm. A&M 2013, Vandy in 1977. So for for a lot of schools in the SEC, Borky, it's going to be the first time in a long time that they have faced either of these schools. And it's going to be a boon for, I would say, almost every town in the SEC. When when those two teams come for the first time, 
and it'll wear off a little bit, and then it'll it'll get into a thing where it, it's never going to be a small deal because of the brands that those two teams are. But do you remember the first time that A and M? Oh my came gosh! To, yeah. Like like the first time they came to Oxford, they brought mm-hmm. their entire band. Yeah, and Rick Perry had security detail. Uh, ask yeah. me, ask me how I know that because I. Tried to walk in front of the guy, and oh, buddy. And I didn't know it was, it was Rick Perry. I was just walking, and here was this guy just standing there, and I was going to walk around him, and boom, no, sir. It's like, nobody knows who Rick Perry is here. Everybody's drunk, but aggressive security guard. Um, but, yeah, you're going to get that. Then you saw that star, that circle star on his lapel, and you're like, you know what, I'm not going to fight this guy. And, and you know, I, I was far more into politics back then than I am now, so I I did recognize him after the security guard stiff-armed me like I was some kind of hardened criminal. Uh, and then I recognized him. I was like, oh, that's Rick Perry, but they, he also doesn't need to be – he doesn't need this. He's a, a governor. Anyway, um, it's going to be like that, though. Wherever Texas goes or wherever Oklahoma goes, they're going to bring a lot of people because they want to see it. Oklahoma's fans are going to want to see every place. And Texas fans are everywhere. Um, just make sure you don't make those Hook'em Rebel shirts again because if you do, I will steal them all and burn them in a sacrifice in the middle of the grove for everybody to see because those are the worst. I don't think you're allowed to have an open flame in the Grove. I think that's one of the, uh, hey, the rules. Take take me to jail, my friend. <laughs> there are uh, rules, I, hey, Dad. I am willing to go to jail to restore the dignity of that place because they're in your league now. It was pathetic then, but now they're in your league. They are an enemy. Do not welcome them with open arms like that anymore. Except for the fact that you got a lot of students from the state of Texas. And there's a reason they the, didn't go the, to Texas. Yeah, well, because they rejected you. So, but are you going to say the reason? Because <laughs> they didn't do well enough on the ACT. Is that what you're going to say? They didn't do well enough in school. But yeah, I don't. I, that, that's another thing that that's, drives me. That's, that's painting with a broad brush. That's generally speaking. That's not the case. Everybody's situation is a little unique. K hey, Dad, it's I do a have a buddy unique. that went to Ole Miss that was from Texas that could have gone to Texas, and he he had family ties to Ole Miss and wanted to go there, even though he could have gone to Texas. Right? Yeah. All right, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Are you more excited, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, about the first time that Texas comes to Starkville and or Oxford or the first time that Oklahoma comes to Starkville and or Oxford? I can't explain this. And Texas has been to Starkville, and not, you know, not recently, but they've been there. But Texas is just like the sexier brand, aren't they? So it's it's Texas more so than Oklahoma for me. Hmm. I, I, I tend to agree with that. I do. Uh, can I cheat and ask you what the outcome of the game is? Because I, th- <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think watching Texas lose on these fields in this state would, would be so funny. Oh, it would be so funny. You thought Texags and their reaction to losing to Ole Miss and State too much was bad? Let Texas come down here and lose to Mississippi State and see what those people say about that. And same thing applies to Ole Miss. I don't think Oklahoma would handle it that way. No, no, no. They wouldn't like it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they would think, oh, we're not supposed to lose to these guys. But it wouldn't go the same way that it would if Texas were to. 
that would be satisfying to watch. Just like the Kansas game is. Every how, so will, how will those fan bases treat the first trips to Mississippi? Will it be like, hey, it's a destination thing, got to do it, got to go see everywhere in the SEC? Well, I mean, I mean you, you sort of mentioned it. A lot of Texas fans have been to Oxford at least in the last decade. But I'm sure yeah. they'll be willing to come back. It seemed like everybody had a good time at yeah, that Yes, there, there was there was a large time had by all for that 8 p.m. Yeah. or 8.30 p.m. kickoff in, if ever, uh, in 2012. If ever the uh, Ole Miss hasn't lost a party thing was true, it was true that weekend. You, yeah. you no, no, that nobody way. lost a party that weekend. No, nobody. There you go. And then, I mean, you know, for Texas, hasn't been to Starkville since 91. So, gosh, if you're a fan that made that trip, Starkville's a little different. Since 1991, I, I can make that assurance for you. So I don't know if destination's the right word. It's not like Las Vegas, but I think if you're a college football <laughs> fan, you want to you want to do but, all but the start uh, Vegas, right? Start Vegas is still a thing, but I mean the same thing with Oxford. I'm just saying it, it's if you're a college football fan, you want to make these trips. You know, as an SEC fan, I've been everywhere in the conference except for Missouri, and you know of, of the of the schools that are currently here, and I've been to Austin once, but I would want to go to games there. So. What about yeah, you want to make those trips. Then. What, what if uh, I'm interested? I want to go. What, what if? What if when Peter Burns revealed, I guess it's Peter, Peter Dari, whoever's doing it tonight, um, when they reveal that schedule, if Oklahoma gets its first SEC schedule and they see a trip to Oxford in 2024 in year one in the league, are OU fans saying, "Yep, that's the one I'm going to. I'm, I'm making that trip." I think so. Yeah. I think so. I, I, think I mean, it just depends on what else. I mean, if they got a trip to Tuscaloosa in there and they can only make one, they'd probably go to Alabama. But, you know, a lot maybe. of fans are going to travel with the team. Yeah. Yeah. And you'll have some little say, so, hey, we're going to we're going to all of them. I mean, the, the fact of the matter is. Or LSU. Gonna... So Oklahoma has been to Tennessee and has been to, uh, to Alabama in the last decade or so. LSU and Georgia would feel like they're big destinations. Yeah, I would. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I think you'll have a large group of Sooners though. The first time that OU comes to uh, comes to Oxford, we get Texas agree, at LSU. Yeah. Texas at LSU will be a a record crowd at Tiger Stadium. Yeah, we'll wrap up the first hour of the show with uh, you coming up after this Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Be right back. Mississippi. It's go time. Sports Talk Mississippi. Well, say something. Super Talk Mississippi. Uh, Pat J- uh, Sajak is retiring as host of Wheel of Fortune after 41 years. Uh-huh. He'll work this 41st season that is upcoming, and then he is going to just spin his way off into the sunset. Um, more, more news to come, etc. Will, will you audition? If asked to, yes. Yes, good. I think you could do that. I think that'd be a good spot for you. 
I'm not even kidding. I think you'd be a good host of Wheel of Fortune. I, I appreciate that. That's kind of you to say. Um, if I were being completely honest, like deep down in my heart of hearts, I, I love broadcasting sports. I love hosting a sports talk mm-hmm. radio show. It's kind of what I've always wanted to do. But if there was like a dream job type thing, and they were like, hey, you get to pick it. You can do anything in the world that you want to do. What would you like to do? Probably host a game show. I don't know why. It's like, okay, you get the TV part of it, the kind of the fun part of it. The schedule seems to be like they work hard for a short amount of time, then they take a pretty significant break. It appears as if it pays pretty well. Yeah. Uh, what, what was Pat Sajak's salary? It pays so well that Jets fans are now concerned that Aaron Rodgers is going to be there for just a year. Uh. Pat Sajak, most publicly announced salary, $15 million a season. For 48 days a year. Yeah. So I guess he just could work if you can get it. it yeah, yeah. He, he, he was making $14 million. Uh, if If you were interested in being a game show host, would you rather host Wheel of Fortune or The Price is Right? Price is Right. Price price is right, kidding. That's 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 the one. The stand where Bob Barker stood. Come on, where Drew Carey stands. Our greatest. Yeah. Drew Carey's good, but he Bob Barker is the ghost. He's the standard the by which all are married, right? right? Yeah. Yes. What wild card is Jeopardy? Because Trebek's put downs of people that answered the question so stupidly would never not be funny to me. I'm not smart enough to host that show because I'd be like, "Oh, I didn't know that." Every every five seconds, five they, they put I didn't all know the that. answers right in front of you. You can pretend like you knew it. You know, True, the yeah. But I'm just saying, I would I would come across as disingenuous. Let's see. Uh, Drew Carey, twelve and a half million for the price. Oh, is the right. money's not. Yeah, the money's not the huge issue. I'll just I'm talking about what, what you know. I'm going to make big bank either way. I, where am I going to have the most fun? Is you know. Plinko and dice game and 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 spinning the wheel the the you know the the you know the, I don't know, I can't think of what it is you know when somebody gets a dollar I'm gonna I want to be excited you know yeah I would okay. lose it on Wheel of Fortune be like why are you buying vowels you obviously know what it is I would lose my mind uh Family Feud ooh now now okay that's so scripted though is it yeah, you really think they're up there coming up with some of those jokes? Come on, man. Hmm. Some of that family, those those jokes they're making, they're 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 putting that out there. And 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 the era of the game show has has kind of moved on. Yeah. It it made a great resurgence like fifteen years ago when when we got Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and Deal or No Deal and mm-hmm. um some of those. Regis on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire was pretty good. Yeah, he was. Great fit. Worked perfectly. Mr. Re- Beast has destroyed it for everybody. How so? Yeah. Because he-, he runs game shows that get watched by 100 million people on his YouTube channel. And then gives or money just like, away. Just stand in this square for $100,000. You know, just, okay. There's no skill involved. 
He's kind of a genius. Pressure luck, oh. underrated game show. By the way. Listening to him talk is fascinating. I mean, I mean, he just knew exactly what to do and how to do it, and his channel generates, I mean, tens of millions of dollars per video, and he's got it simulcast in all these different languages, and he basically just sends it all right back out. And this is a great demonstration of how stupid our society is, specifically the very online people. Uh, what was it? He he did cataract surgery for like a thousand people, wasn't it? Eye surgery for like a thousand people in an underprivileged country. I think it was cataract surgery, where he basically cured blindness in these people that were that bad. And he got criticized for it because he used it in a video. the The YouTuber, the guy that puts everything on video, dared <laughs> charity on video. And he got backlash for doing that. But anyway, yeah, he does games. Channel's interesting. I'm sure your kids know him or, or like him because yeah, yeah, they, they do. Uh, apparently, in 2021, Mr. Beasts drew in more than 54 million dollars from YouTube from his YouTube channel. Now he's got a Man. dozen. I said, but didn't he give like half of that away? Also. Maybe even more. Like to continue to fuel the videos and give the money away and go through the process. And, but, hey, it seems to be a formula that's working. It's like if you had $50 million and you had to give away 30 of it so that you could make 20 this year and 20 next year, would you do it? Yep. Yeah. Seems to seems to be the cost of doing talk. Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. o'clock hour with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for being with us in the Pearl River Resort Studios. You want to be part of the conversation? We'd love to hear from you on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Give your business the edge with gigabit fiber internet from Ceasefire Business. Ceasefire.com slash business. Got world-class IT experts who live where you do. That's right here in Ceasefire Country. Again, ceasefire.com slash business. Uh, hey, Dad, I, I said to Borky during the break, I said, did you know that Bob Barker's still alive? He's 99 years yeah. old. And Borky said, yeah, he just retired. I was like, from what? He was like, I, I meant like Price he, is right. He, I was like, he, in 2007, right, that was like, 16 years ago. What I meant was like he just retired. Like he didn't retire for health reasons that later he succumbed to. It's just he, he just retired. He didn't die. That's what I meant. He's still living yeah, the good life. Yeah, two decades ago. Almost. Yeah, just retired is 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 not the proper terminology. Uh, whose line is is it anyway? If it counts as a game show, is an excellent game show. Everything's I mean, made up in the points don't matter, but there's no prizes and it's professionals. I mean, if they were pulling people out of the audience to do this stuff every show, that'd be one thing. And then you got to win something based on the pro- the points. Yeah, yeah, it's but it's so not a game show. It's what is it? Wayne Brady? No, he's just on there. Well, no, but they, have a, they have a female host. Okay, because that was uh, Drew Carey originally hosted that. And mm-hmm. Wayne Brady was one of the regular Aisha Taylor is the host. Tyler is the host now. Okay. Yeah. Very, Ryan very Stiles, well. Colin Mockery, those guys, yeah. Aisha hey, uh, Taylor's her name. Tyler. Aisha Tyler. Tyler. 
Yeah, we made the exact fun. same mistake. Exactly. I don't know how that happened. Just said. I know. Yeah, but um, we both said Taylor and then screwed up. Uh, <laughs> it's Tyler. But uh, she's funny too. Uh, so so the cast is still like the same guys really, and because they they populate my YouTube feed all the time now. I get stand up and. Whose lines it anyway? All the time, and I, I will lay in bed when I can't sleep and watch that and just cackle still. Hmm. It's been running for uh, for twenty years, huh? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. And apparently, they just got renewed for another one. Good for them. Where does it Where does it air now? Online only. YouTube for me. I don't know if there's a network associated with it. Everything ends up um, on YouTube anyway. Oh, it's on the CW. It's on the CW. Hey. Well, so you, you, that can be your lead into Pac-12 football this fall. Be great. Can you get a carryover audience on that? Hey, this Friday, Sports Talk so. Mississippi will be at M-Trade Park in Oxford for the 2023 Mississippi Bombers Summer Southeast Invite. It's one of the biggest and most prestigious softball tournaments in the country. And it's happening right here in Mississippi at M-Trade Park. 120 teams from 15 states competing. Last year you had over 85 college softball coaches that were in attendance to scout some of the best players in the country. 14U age group, 16U age group, 18U age group as well. Join us on Friday at M-Trade Park right here in Oxford for Sports Talk Mississippi from the Mississippi Bombers Summer Southeast Invite. Wayne Brady hosts uh, Let's Make a Deal. That's what you're thinking of. Okay. Gotcha. I watched a lot of game shows growing up. I don't watch game shows really anymore. Well, they're on, you know, when you're out doing stuff now for the most part. Yeah. You know, you were, t- when you were growing up, that was like you're staying home from school from sick, you know, you're sick. And that was just what was on TV before, this, before Grandma's stories came on. Mm hmm. Well, then there were some that were in the afternoon as well. Um, yeah. Press Your Luck was my favorite. Come Press on, big money, big money, no whammies, no whammies, no whammies, big money, big money, big money, stop! Stop on a whammy! I never liked the $25,000 pyramid nearly as much as, I mean, it felt like that was an older an older yeah, game a show. A little more mature audience, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it didn't um, have the bright lights and everything. You had to have knowledge. Hollywood Squares was a little raunchy, but, uh, but kind of funny. With Bruce Valanche. George Burns. Yeah. Who was that? That that show, if you go back and watch it now, you realize they were making so, there was so much innuendo and dirty jokes that you didn't catch as a 10-year-old. Joan Rivers was a regular in Hollywood like, Squares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same thing happens in Disney. Jim J. Bullock. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, yeah. you can catch it now. You, uh, you're right. Uh, in just a little while, we will continue our countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. We uh, a little bit later as well. We'll uh, get into that annual USA Today report. Hey, Dad, I, I know this kind of falls into the uh, business of sports. Here we go. Not as interested, but it is kind of fascinating to look at the revenue numbers. And the disparity that exists in college athletics. And the crazy thing is, so we talk about disparity between SEC teams. 
and you know, group of five conference schools. And 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 that gulf is massive. But it's not really any bigger than if you're a bottom of the SEC revenue generator and a top of the SEC revenue generator. I mean, the the gulf between Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Missouri, and Texas coming into the league, Georgia, LSU, it's really, really significant. That's why that it's big, and I don't even know how you do it. I mean, I I have ideas and theories, but that's why a few weeks ago, when uh, you know we disagreed, you two versus me, that I think that there needs to be some kind of adjustment in regulation because college football, in particular, uh, is unequal and imbalanced, and something needs to be done because, as is, it's. It's simply unfair. And so when you look at the amount of money, I mean, we're talking programs that are in the SEC or are about to be that generate double, that have double the budget that Ole Miss and State do. And that discrepancy only exists in Major League Baseball. And you see what happens in Major League Baseball. Half the league's not competitive. So that that those numbers stand out to me from that regard as... We, it, it's honestly, Borky, pretty impressive. Yeah. When you think about the relative level of success that Mississippi State and Ole Miss have had in comparison to, or in some cases beyond, schools with budgets that are $50, $70 million more per year in terms of revenue generated. Take Texas. Texas A&M and the playoff yeah. era, the, the, those two places have, in Texas's case, $100 million more than Ole Miss and State. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M is a little bit less. And Ole Miss and Mississippi State have had more success and a more difficult league. The, the efficiency yeah, yeah. in which they field teams here is impressive. Sure. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. Now, there are a couple of things that you do that that make it not exactly apples to apples. You do have to look at the number of sports programs that are supported by a budget within an athletics department, right? I mean, and I don't have it in front of me. My guess is that Texas has more programs than Ole Miss does, than, than Mississippi State does. I think... I have to fact check this, but I think 16 sports is the minimum number that you must sponsor if you are in the SEC. I think that's the right number. Um, and so if you look at, you know, like in Texas, if they've got 24, 26 sports, you go, okay, well, that makes a little bit more sense. But even within football, and, and I mean, you see the difference that exists between recruiting budgets that exist between... Texas, for reference, has 20 varsity sports that they sponsor. 20. Okay. State has 14, so it must be lower than 16. Yeah. Um, Ohio State is the top generating, revenue-generating athletic department in the country. and th- Now, this is for fiscal year 2022. Yes. So the year that ended June 30, 2022. Ohio State, $251 million in total revenue. 
Texas second at 239 and change. Alabama has moved to third nationally. And it's driven by what they've done in football. But $214 million in total revenue for Alabama. That's $4 million ahead of Michigan. I'll just give you the SEC teams. Georgia, $203 million. LSU, 199 and AM, 193 Probably a number that's a little bit smaller than some would have guessed there. Florida, 190 Oklahoma soon to be in the SEC at 177, Auburn 174, Kentucky 159, which is larger than Tennessee at 154 million. Arkansas's 20th nationally at 152 million. We'll look at Mississippi State and Ole Miss when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Or number one for sports talk. Anyone? 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 Come on, don't be shy. Sports talk, Mississippi. Bingo, man, bingo. Super talk, Mississippi. of the top 20 budgets nationally come from the SEC. Alabama the highest at number three. Yet Arkansas at number 20 at 152 million. Tennessee's 18th at 154 million. So where do Mississippi State and Ole Miss stack up? Vanderbilt is not named in this. I think it's fair for us to assume that Vanderbilt has the smallest revenue generation in the SEC. Smaller stadiums. Well, that's all we're doing is assuming. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe that maybe it's three hundred million. Maybe they've got more money than Alabama, but it feels like a reasonable assumption. <laughs> you think you think if they had that, they'd be like, "Oh no, here's our numbers. No, <laughs> you can yes. see them." Yes. Let us open our books. Uh, so here you go. Ole Miss thirtieth nationally, thirteenth in the current SEC at one hundred thirty-three million. Basketball being down, I assume, impacted that, right? Because basketball is a revenue generator. Not anywhere close to football, but it is. And when basketball is not generating a whole lot of revenue, that does impact your earning. I mean, people... Probably are... probably some. But and not, you, like, yeah. moving them up ten positions or whatever, but... No, it probably moves them up two spots and leaves them exactly the, you know, two maybe two or three million dollars. Um... I don't know where Ole Miss was on football season ticket numbers a year ago. It needs that number to be where it was circa 2015. You know what's going to help that? Kicking off on September 2nd at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. That, 1 o'clock. That, that'll really help uh, drive people to the stadium for sure. You, you, well, they're going to sell bottles guy. of water for 15 bucks a piece, so they'll make up. Yeah. I think they, don't they usually give water away, let you bring your own bottle for the super hot games? I don't know. Well, they, they, they used they to. Yeah. You know, this could all be solved if they did my idea and scrapped the stadium renovation plans and built a canopy like they have at Manchester United. And then then your coach can kick September 2nd games off at 1 o'clock for all his heart desires, and your fans won't be as impacted because they'll be in the shade. 
It's not a dome. It's not a dome. It's just it's a it's it's a, it's a shed cover basically. It covers the fans, and again, the football team can suffer. A lot, a lot in of the EPL heat. teams have that. Yeah. yeah. Shade helps. It does. I mean, it makes a difference. If you're outside on a really sunny... That's a huge marketing opportunity, too. Imagine the blimp flying over, and there's just this huge corporate logo on there. You could sell that for $20 million. Yeah. $20 million, huh? I love when you get fast with, with numbers. I mean, it's I just, just like, throw money out. You know what? Just, Why not? Just made up. Oh, I got money. I got plenty of money. I'll figure it out. Tell you, it, Somebody's got $20 mil to have the top of the Ole Miss Stadium. Somebody's got it. There's there's different issues in Starkville because the way they built the stadium with the upper decks, like tearing all of those down is probably an endeavor they don't want to take on. But for old Mrs. sake, they want to renovate the stadium. They've got renderings and stuff. Scrap those. Scrap those. Forget them. Cover the seats as best you can. You start at the end zone that has all the club areas, right, because you can't put an awning over that. That's just going to kind of have to be a thing. And you horseshoe yeah, but that, it around. No, but that's the south end zone, and it doesn't really get shade anyway. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't get much sun. It's it's Perfect. basically in the shade anyway. So so you start at, at the ends of that gigantic club section and horseshoe around your stadium with uh, Manchester United. If there's so, I, I actually know somebody that works in the athletic department. I'm just going to start sending him pictures and say, do this because the the whole discourse about starting a game on September second uh, when it's going to be 1 million degrees at 1 o'clock is stupid, that conversation goes away because your fans will be comfortable. They'll never be hot, or too hot anyway, because they'll be covered. It's still hot. It's still hot, but they'll be covered from the sun. If if it's ever raining, like the Tulane game two years ago, it was a monsoon, doesn't matter. You're covered. And it traps in noise in a stadium that's so flat, noise just escapes out of the back of it. it. It can solve all your problems. Luxury... Comfort, weather, more people will go, and you don't have to tear down the thing to build it. Just remove those clubs, and you get and boom, and you get twenty million dollars, and you get twenty million dollars as as a bonus. Replace the bleachers with seats, put the awning there like Manchester United. Profit. I should be an athletic director. Goodyear blimp, glimp, Goodyear blimp just flies over and it just says Jane on the square. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sell a lot of dresses for that. You got an online store, don't you? There you go. Just, just put the you know, put the website on there, and we're off and running. <laughs> Somebody says you realize it's not the coach or the school's decision. Uh, you are wrong. The streaming game is the school's decision, and they chose to put it at one o'clock on September second. So. Boom! Roasted. Mic drop. I always dig the emphatic "you are wrong" message when, in fact, not when there when you when you couldn't be righter. It's uh, it's you actually, sure? What, what was it? Was it? I, I don't think you should be. You sure about that? You sure about that? Yes. In uh, every school in the SEC has one game that is a streamed only game. And the school makes the determination for when that game will be for Ole Miss this year. It is the season opener. Uh, Borky, to your point about season ticket sales earlier, am I crazy or doesn't Lane Kiffin have a 
bonus in his contract for a certain number of season tickets being sold? That is accurate. Hmm. He's not worried about that one, I guess. I guess when you're making $9 million, an extra whatever, 50000 or so is no big deal. Us. Maybe. It's my text, and this is the opening day of Dove season. The Doves will be there on Sunday, man. Nobody, the Saturday guys aren't going to all kill all the Doves on Saturday. All right? There will still be Doves for you to get on Sunday. You can go to the football game. Yeah, but it's back, Mercer. Back to the revenue chart, by the way. <laughs> saying. Yeah. So pretty significant gap, right, between Alabama's $214 million in revenue and Ole Miss is $133 million in revenue. Loose math, about $80 million there. I think I'm doing that right. How about the $23 million gap that exists between Ole Miss and Mississippi State? State showing Big. for fiscal year 22, $110 million in revenue. So that's... Um, so why is that? What 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 is the, the, the difference? Is it more people went to Ole Miss football games? Because this is just an objective fact. Over the last few years, Ole Miss has had more people go to their games physically in person than Mississippi State. If you would like to add the attendance numbers to fact check me, you certainly can. Uh, but there, is there more to it than that? What, what's driving that large of a gap between the two? It's a good question. I mean, it may be season ticket sales. Selman, and... Well. I mean, I don't know the answer. That's a question Zach Selman's going to be. It's going to be put to him. Like, you know, why is there this big a gap between the two schools? I do think it's important to remember, and I'm not saying that this makes up for 23 million dollars, you know, one way or the other. But not everybody uses the exact same accounting philosophy or accounting principles for handling their budgets. It's not always apples to apples. Some schools categorize revenues or expenses differently than other schools, and it's just the way they've chosen to do it for the purposes of filing their tax returns. Maybe that accounts for some of the difference. Maybe that means the gap between the two is actually larger than is shown here on paper. I I, I don't know exactly how that works. Sometimes you include debt that you are paying on facilities or loans or bonds or whatever as part of your expenses. Sometimes that's an altogether different category. And so it's set aside in a different category altogether, and maybe it doesn't factor into revenue versus expense and total budget numbers and all those things. So it I don't think you just look at the numbers and go, well, Ole Miss is at 133 million and states at 110 million and Ole Miss is, uh, you know, 23 million more. Or maybe you look at it and you're like, you know, Ole Miss showed 133 million, but in actuality it's more like 145 million. And it, we don't know and we're never going to know. But we also don't know exactly how Alabama comes up with its $214 million number. Or how Tennessee comes up with 154 million. So, who knows? A lot of different ways to slice the apple. But hey, Dad, I do think what you said is 
a reasonable question. And and Borky, I think your question of you know what's the where does the difference contributions, you know, fundraising, ticket sales. There's a lot there. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back. Real Sports Talk for Mississippi. It's time for you to get real with it. Sports Talk Mississippi continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Well, we're an hour and a half until the SEC Network tells us who Mississippi State and Ole Miss and the other... 14 teams in the SEC are going to play in 2024. But it's a good thing that you're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi, because we're going to tell you right now who Mississippi State and Ole Miss play in 2024 in conference games. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Suffice Suffice it to say... The uh, the Bulldogs and the Rebels better have good football teams in 2024. <sighs> yeah. Uh, sources tell me that Mississippi State's home schedule in 2024 will consist of... I'm sorry. Sources tell Sports Talk Mississippi that Mississippi State's home schedule... In 2024, will consist of Texas A&M, Arkansas, Florida, and Missouri. That is in 2024. And Mississippi State's road games in 2024 will be Ole Miss, Georgia, Tennessee, and Texas. Ooh. You want to hear that again? Something I can tweet, Richard. Yeah, I'm working on it right now. Run through it again. I've got it. Texas A&M, Arkansas, Florida, and Missouri at home for Mississippi State in 2024, and on the road in 2024, the Egg Bowl in Oxford, at Georgia, at Tennessee, and at Texas. I'm going to tweet this, Richard. You better be right. Well, I mean, it hasn't been officially released. I I suppose somebody could make a change between now and an hour and a half from now. Um, Ole Miss's home schedule in 2024. Mississippi State, obviously. Georgia. Kentucky. And Oklahoma, road schedule for Ole Miss in 2024, at LSU, at Arkansas, at Florida, and at South Carolina. Whew. There you go. Uh, Run through that again, please. (laughs) Just to make sure you got it right. So Ole Miss will have home games against State. Georgia, Kentucky, and Oklahoma. Wow. 
and road trips to Baton Rouge, Fayetteville, Gainesville, and Columbia, South Carolina. So there you go. That that Mississippi right. State schedule, if that's accurate, that's very tough. Very what are, tough. What are their What are their four non conference games in twenty twenty four? Hey, Dad. Hold on a second. I know that it's uh, they're at Arizona State. Um, hold on. 24, 2024, Mississippi State. Sports talk, Mississippi. Eastern be- Kentucky. I'm sorry. Eastern Kentucky at Arizona State, Utah State, and UMass. So, I mean, three three of them are really easy. Arizona State will be a tough game. But you're going to have to win it now because you want to go to a bowl game. So, so State's road trips will be Tempe, Arizona, Oxford, Athens, Knoxville, Austin. Ooh. That's rough, man. That is, that is rough. a rough call. That, that, just, I'm just saying on you right now, looking ahead, State's going to be near the top of strength schedule in college Nationally. football for 2024. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, That's, dog. Uh, I can't believe they're playing Georgia again. When you, when they've played them, they played them in 2017, 2020, and 2022. Like, And that'll, that'll be back-to-back for Ole Miss in Georgia because Ole Miss goes to Georgia. Yeah. They go to Athens this season in November, and then next year we'll um, we'll have the dogs in Oxford. I wonder if that's still a uh, Thanksgiving night egg bowl. Does that change next? Good year? question. I hope not. You know, I mean, do they want to bring Texas Texas A and M back to that? I don't know. I hope so. Um, and, and, you I know, love it on Thanksgiving because I like watching Saturday games all day. The, the non-conference we'll dates are solidified, correct? The, those that have yes, dates the on dates them, for that are, are 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 solidified. So Ole Miss will play eight consecutive SEC games with a bye mixed in next year if these dates are correct. So Furman's Week One, Middle Tennessee Week Two, Wake Forest in Winston Salem Week Three. And Georgia Southern week four. That's the dates that they have currently listed for Mississippi State. It's the first three weekends, as Haydad mentioned, and then November second for UMass. Hey, Dad, you got your you got your wish. Neither Alabama, uh, neither no Alabama? Nor Mississippi State will play Alabama in twenty twenty four. That's one of those things where you know there was always like a. You got to really be specific in what you ask for, I guess. <laughs> you got exactly what you wanted. No Alabama yeah. no on the Alabama. schedule. However, give me the give me the Daryl from the office. Yay! Mm. Jeff in Grenada says State versus Texas. Remind me when that kid from New Orleans will QB Texas. Last name starts with an M. I think. You know, Possibly. if I, I want that, if that game's early in the season, Peyton Manning's uh, first uh, SEC start was against Mississippi State, or not start, but first SEC action was against Mississippi State. Let's see if Arch can do it. Uh, we got another message that says notable absence from state schedule is Kentucky. I think that's worth noting since they were reported to be a permanent in a 3-6 model. Yeah? I guess so. Hey, there is And Vanderbilt a, not on Ole Miss's schedule. And there's uh, an omission 
that that Haydad really wanted, and he also called the fact that they would not have to play Alabama, and then everything else would be terrible. But Alabama not on the schedule. Yeah, yeah. No Alabama. What? What an end of an era. What you said, Borky. I know, but that's what Haydad's been talking about for like two years on this. Is he just wants to see Alabama off the schedule? He gets Alabama off the schedule, and look at what happens. Borky's on a time delay today. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> He's like thirty seconds behind. He's like digesting still the the schedules for. for he's, next he's, year. he's over there working. I'll give him that. He's working. He's working yes. on other stuff. Yes. yes. You, you know, you, we break new. We don't break news that often. We gotta. We gotta. We gotta put that out there, though. Yeah, that feels uh, feels big. Hope this is right because I've gotten a bunch of text. Hey, is that real? Like, well, we wouldn't tweet a fake one. I'm, I, I mean. <laughs> No, I'm, wait, yeah, Rich, Rich just made, made it up an hour before it gets released. Throw it out yeah. there an hour and a half before it gets released, and uh, so yeah, there you, uh, that's, that's there you go. Exciting, man. Uh, Can we be wrong? Sure. Are we lying? No. Hey, uh, these. That's well said. Yeah. Um, it's just, that's how it is in this game, man. The meltdown that we saw when the SEC decided to stay at eight. The meltdown from, you know. Guys like grifters like Danny Cannell, but also people like Adam Rittenberg and Stuart Mandel, all these people that cover college football. Compare these schedules to any nine-game schedule that we got from the Big Ten released last week. Compare them to any of them and tell me there's a single one in the Big Ten more difficult than this. Or even comparably difficult to uh, to this. There isn't one. One thing for, one thing for State... That is the good news. And I mean, I guess when you, it is a tough schedule, there's three really tough road games on there. And Ole Miss is always tough on the road. But you can beat Ole Miss. And your home games are winnable. I mean, A&M and, Ar- A&M and Arkansas, Florida and Missouri, those feel like winnable games. But you got a shot at between seven and nine if things go really, really well. I don't think it, I mean, but those three road games are, that you were talking about are really, really tough. Of course, I say that you know who knows what Texas is going to be, you know, in the who knows SEC. What Tennessee's going to be. Yeah, I, I feel like Tennessee. I feel I, I like Heupel a lot. I think he's he's building a great program there. But we'll have to see with Texas. You know, new ground for them. Three neutral site games in twenty twenty four. Arkansas A and M will happen in Arlington. Florida Georgia will happen in Jacksonville. Texas OU, the Red River River rivalry, will be played, and it will be played in Dallas. I guess we already knew that about Arlington and Jacksonville. Those announcements have come. The Arkansas A and M ten year agreement has not run out yet, and Florida Georgia just got extended to Jacksonville a couple of weeks ago. So we knew those were going to happen, and then Texas OU will happen in Dallas. In 2024 as well. So, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Good to be with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios on this Wednesday afternoon. More coming up after this quick timeout.
More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm, supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon. Sports Talk brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com. Genteel, the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Not too late for you to uh, get something for Father's Day. Maybe you're going to order online. If you do so, enter your email address, get 10% off your order, whether it's golf shirts, pullovers, shorts, Pants, swimming trunks, whatever it is you need. They've got it at Genteel Apparel. You can also visit uh, Genteel's outfielders all across the state of Mississippi, including Claude Julians in Kosciuszko, MLM in Tupelo, Shirley Dogs in Corinth, The Well-Dressed Man in Brookhaven, Oxbow in Memphis, Harry Meyer Clothing in Meridian, Landry's on the Square in Oxford, and S.F. Aldman in Gulfport. That's Genteel and Genteel Apparel. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, thanks for being with us this afternoon in the Pearl River Resort studios. Visit PearlRiverResort.com to check out everything that is happening there. Remember Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book, the Golden Moon Casino. So, Haydad, you had a chance to kind of stare at that schedule for a few minutes during the break and digest it a little bit. What jumps out to you for you? It's, it, it all it all hinges on who the quarterback is next year. I don't know that Chris Parsons going to be ready as a red redshirt freshman, so I think State will have a portal quarterback next year. But I mean, Georgia's a loss wherever you play them, right? Same way, same with Alabama. So you know, it's on the road; it doesn't matter. Ole Miss is a toss-up game every year, so I mean, that's a winnable road game. Texas, I, I don't know what Texas is going to be, right? So State has four non-conference games. I think they can win. Those are four very winnable home games and a couple of road games that that look relatively winnable. I, I see, you know, probably eight All right, not wins. ten win season. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, they'll lose one. They'll lose one. They should. But probably that's probably an, an eight win season and maybe seven. But I feel pretty good about it. Just depends on who the quarterback is. Okay. I mean, the, you have to say you have to say the four home games are very winnable, and your road and your non conference schedule is winnable. Arkansas will have a new quarterback. Will Florida mm-hmm. still be a mess, or will they have kind of finally figured things out? Who knows with Missouri? Right. Texas A&M likely to be in the third season with Connor Wegman as their starter. I don't know who the head coach will be at Texas A&M, but yeah. we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, so you think about that Ole Miss team. Texas A&M head coach Lane Kiffin. No. And it, I mean, that, that Ole Miss team in, in 2024, you're either going into a third year with Jackson Dart as the starter. I mean, that's like doing so much assuming. Or you're in the first year probably with Walker Howard as your starter at quarterback. You're talking about a 
theoretically a junior season for Quinshawn Judkins in a draft year for him. Um, so home games against Mississippi State and Kentucky and Oklahoma and Georgia. I've seen a lot of reaction to this. People are claiming their team, you know, got shafted. Is a lot of that, or they're all going to be this way. I mean, you don't you don't play Vanderbilt, which you know that stinks. But Vanderbilt did beat Florida and Kentucky last year. They're they're not even really a pushover anymore. Uh, weren't you losing to them at halftime last year? Even Vanderbilt's not necessarily easy anymore. But every they're all going to look like this. It's a divisionless from, SEC schedule. They're all going to be brutal. I think from the state perspective, it's Georgia. It's the fact that you're playing Georgia for this is the fifth time, the fourth time since 2017. And three of those have been in Athens. Mm-hmm. It's a great road trip. Four of the last five meetings between Georgia have been in Athens. Oh, it's a fantastic trip. Yeah. I'm just going to let you all know, I think I'm going to go to Austin next year. So I'm going to need that. Uh, in 2024, I'm going to be taking a Friday off or something. Why don't you just travel either like early on Friday morning and then do the show from Austin on Friday afternoon? Well, it just depends. We'll see. That's a, that's a long drive. Have you ever heard of an airplane? You're going to drive to Austin? Once again, I've driven to Austin. Oh, I believe that you have, but you're going to this time? Well, then make it it like a two-day trip. Like, drive part of the way. I'll figure something out. You can leave Thursday morning, and like early Thursday morning, or even Wednesday night after the show and drive part of the way, get down the road a bit, stop, do the show. I'll figure it out. I got got like 14 months to figure it out. So maybe air, maybe... Plane prices will come down a little bit between now and then. When I say plane, I'm not buying one. Tickets, you know. Yeah, you're not Richard. <laughs> if Richard wants to loan me cross one, I'll be happy to you know, sit on board. Yeah. Got to look at what the schedule is that week. He might need, he might need it that weekend. Yeah, we'll see. See the pilot's busy. Uh, road trips to LSU, to Fayetteville, to Gainesville, and to Columbia, South Carolina for Ole Miss. Glad they kept the Arkansas game on there. That's such a fun game. Yeah. Mm hmm. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be back. More coming up with you. Five o'clock hour. College football fix. That's how we will start things on the other side of this timeout. Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Welcome back, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Thanks for being with us on this Wednesday afternoon in the Pearl River Resort studio. PearlRiverResort.com. Pearl River Resort is the home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. You can uh, play both of their award-winning championship golf courses, the Oaks and the Azaleas, and uh, you can do it fairly easily. Go to their website, dancingrabbitgolf.com. Book your tea time. Plan your trip today. If you've got questions, maybe you've got a bigger group that uh, you want to bring in, uh, then you can set that up. They'll be more than happy to do it. Just give them a call. You can find the number on the website at dancingrabbitgolf.com. C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395. 
601-879-4395. Whether you need the best in wireless, the best in fiber to the home internet, or the best in business IT solutions, Seaspire's got you com- covered. Learn more at cspire.com. So a little college football fix, shall we? College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com and find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford Tough. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. You can start your search online and visit your local Mississippi Ford dealer. So let's recap. If you are just joining us for the 5 o'clock hour, at uh, about an hour from right now, we will have the schedule release show on the SEC Network uh, that is coming, and you will see the entire 2024 conference schedule. That is year one for Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC. And so everybody anxious to find out who they're playing and where they are playing them. You're not going not gonna to know when, not like when on the calendar or when on the clock. You're not going to know which TV network or which TV, you know, who the announcers are going to be for the individual games, but you will know who you're playing and where you're playing them. And if you were listening to Sports Talk Mississippi 20 minutes ago and you're an Ole Miss fan or a Mississippi State fan, you already know. So uh, let's recap. We'll start with Mississippi State schedule. Home games in 2024 for the Bulldogs against Texas A&M, Arkansas, Florida, and Missouri. When's the last time Florida was in Starkville? Dan Mullen's 18. return. Dan Mullen's first year. Okay. So it hasn't been that long. But the no, that's the, why I thought Florida and Tennessee would would swap here. Yeah, because it's been so long since they've been to Florida, and it's been so long since Tennessee was here. But go ahead. But but instead, it's uh, another year without a trip to Gainesville for Mississippi State. So home games: A and M, Arkansas, Florida, and Missouri. The road games for Mississippi State: Egg Bowls in Oxford that year. Got to go to Athens, so they return to Sanford Stadium for Mississippi State. Got to go to Knoxville, headed to Rocky Top, and got to go to Austin. So headed to the University of Texas in year one in the league for the Longhorns. Can I expense a 10-gallon Stetson and some ostrich boots, you think? No, but you can buy them. Well, if you turn that well, into I, I, content, really. maybe. So if you, like, record yourself... Oh. Buying oh, there it would be and content. all that stuff, then maybe you could spend uh, it There as, would be a lot of content. You know? Absolutely. Always it, be thinking about absolutely. content, and you can expense anything. Or at least, That's I haven't point. tried that it's yet. Borky, I, I appreciate the yet, optimism. But... I appreciate that. Richard over there, he's just sticking the mud. Um, Would you wear the ostrich boots to be on that one weekend? Like, what if that became your thing, hey, uh-huh. I don't know, man. Ostrich, as much as those things are probably going to cost, I, I probably would like to wear them more than once. Yes. What if you turned into a boot guy? I mean, I think all you got to do is decide. It's never too late. Yeah. Are, are your feet wider than normal? You got wide feet. No, I actually you? have very narrow feet. Oh, no, really? I have narrow feet. So, so you yeah. don't necessarily have to get custom. No, I should be able to buy off the shelf. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't like it when Richard thinks. I got I got thoughts going through my mind. The wheels well, are turning. Uh, they were yes, yes. Introducing genteel boots. 
Maybe not genteel. We'll uh, we'll we'll work on that. Although they'd probably be uh, if they got into the boots game, they would be the most comfortable boots. They'd be put super on your comfortable. Feet. Yeah, yeah. You're probably right about that. Feels like you really have to commit to uh, to boots. My next genteel uh, purchase has got to be a hat. By the way, I'm in need of a new hat, and so mm-hmm. I, I I've been looking at it in the last couple of days. I'm going to pull the trigger on one here soon. Mike in Oxford says that head would take a 20-gallon hat. <laughs> I do have a big dome. I think the boots could work, hey, Dad. I, the, the, uh, the lid, I'm not so sure about. We'll, we'll see. We will, uh, we will see. Uh, all right, Ole Miss' schedule for next year, in case you missed it uh, just a little while ago. Egg Bowl at home, so that's Mississippi State in Oxford. Georgia in Oxford. Kentucky in Oxford. Oklahoma, first year in the SEC, making the uh, the trip to North Mississippi. The, the Kentucky thing is interesting. By the way, local retailers rejoice Yeah, no with kidding. that home schedule, just saying. Uh, the Kentucky one's interesting because they just played at Ole Miss last year. They did. And, and so that, clearly, when they Great made this atmosphere. model, it was. Uh, was not a factor, though. I mean, maybe it was a little bit, but th- they didn't take that into account for every game because Kentucky just played at Ole yeah. Miss, and Ole Miss is not going back to Kentucky before Kentucky has to go to Oxford again. Missouri and Florida have been to Starkville more recently than State has been to either one of those. So, At LSU, at Arkansas, so that series just kind of stays in the rotation that it's been in. At Florida, at South Carolina. Those are so, so. So for Ole Miss, Mississippi State, LSU, and Arkansas are the only three regular opponents that are staying on the normal cycle. Now it feels like Georgia is because Ole Miss is at Georgia this year, and then Georgia will come to Oxford the following year. But I think that's just happenstance. So in, in terms of Western Division opponents that Ole Miss plays every single year. They will continue on the same cycle with the Egg Bowl, with it being in Oxford. And then the road trips to Baton Rouge and Fayetteville are on the same cycle that they have currently been on. For Mississippi State, same with A&M, same with A&M and Arkansas. Arkansas and Ole Miss. Yeah, and it's the same cycle. State is at A- Arkansas and A&M this year, so next year they will have them at home. But will yeah. they? Because <laughs> uh, we might have the 3 plus 6 by then. Uh, so this that's true. That's uh, true. There's a chance this is just a uh, a one off. Uh, the the interesting. Oh, oh, I think this is a one off schedule. The, this this absolutely is a one year schedule. Beautiful. The, this is not the start of of a rotation. And I, I mean, for example. So then that would that well, would beg no. the question: Are your are your other two permanents already on your schedule, and you just don't know it yet? Don't know. Don't know. That's bad news for Ole Miss because Vanderbilt's not on there. It is. Interesting. Continue. Well, no, I was just going to say, you know, the example would be just because Mississippi State goes to Texas in 2024 does not mean that Texas is coming to Starkville in 2025. It does not necessarily mean that Oklahoma is coming to Starkville in 2025. God, this is a, this is a standalone. Mississippi State's permanent. I'm going to lose it. <laughs> it took Alabama off just to give us Georgia every year. Oh man. I mean, if I, if we go into if they 
that we know the 2025 schedule and Georgia is a permanent for state, I I can't be around Sankey when we do that interview at many days. I'm gonna have to be in a different room. <laughs> be like, you, what are you doing? It's a computer generated model. Hey, Dad. I doubt it. <laughs> Somebody had to hit the on button. Hmm. Somebody had to hit print. Yeah. So what questions do you have going into tonight's show? When you think about the league as a whole, what questions do you have? I don't know if it's questions as much as I'm really curious to to know how at least my perception of balance these are. I, I want yeah. to look at each schedule and, and for my perception, think that they are all about equal. And I would love to know the rationale for how they decided this. Is any, I wonder if anybody's going to get a chance to like answer, hey, how did you come up with it? What was your model? How did you? What did you do? Uh, that's what I'm most curious about tonight. Hunter Juracek says that he got an early peak. Hold on. No, that's a fake. That's a fake. He the the athletic director at Arkansas would not no tweet that out before the announcement wouldn't do it no that that wouldn't happen that is a a uh... oh no 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 hold on hold on if you follow if you see he replied to himself it's for softball oh okay. He he trolled. Good job, Hunter Yurchik. I appreciate the troll. That's a good job. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. That's, really That's your college football fix, driven by good. Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. More coming up with you after this. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. Something that popped in my head, by the way, about the road games for Ole Miss is what kind of state are the programs going to be in at that point? You know, those are buzzsaws to play in in terms of just general atmosphere on an annual basis, but Arkansas hasn't exactly taken that step forward yet. What if they roll out another 6-6 six and six this year? Florida, Florida fans already want Billy Napier fired. There's not a high expectation for this team this year. What's South Carolina going to look like? Because they had those two big wins at the end of the year, but it's not like they were some kind of world beater up until then. They're recruiting well. They are recruiting well. So the And I expect LSU to continue to be very good because it's LSU and Brian Kelly, despite the family, is a heck of a football coach with all the resources in the world. Yeah, they'll be fine. I'll be fine. But the other three, what kind of state will those programs be in when you go there to otherwise brutally difficult environments? I mean, what's going to be the state of Ole Miss and Mississippi State's program? No idea. We don't don't know exactly. State's replacing a ton next year. A ton. They have a ton of seniors. Yeah, but you had them winning 10, so no big deal. 
I did not have them winning 10. <laughs> you did. You were like, oh, that's a winnable road game. That's a winnable road game. I said Those it's are winnable. Infinitely State, winnable games at State. home. Those four. Hey, they're Look, going 4 0. My whole life. My whole life has been state losing non losing winnable games. All right, that's been my entire existence. State losing winnable games. Okay, so real quick, we just walked through that schedule, and you're like, oh, all four of those are winnable at home. May probably get two. They're winnable. They're they're winnable games. Anyway, if this tweet is accurate, I don't know, but this will be the first year since 1951 that state doesn't play Auburn, Alabama, LSU all in the same season. Auburn, Alabama, LSU, all in the same season. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how much more consistent Mississippi State has been with playing Auburn and Alabama going back to the 50s in comparison to Ole Miss? Because mm-hmm. Johnny Vaughn no, and Bear Bryant, well, no. Johnny Vaughn and no, Bear Bryant cowards. didn't want to play each other. They no, thought, what was the point? That's, what, that's, that's, that's the official line I'm going with, anyway. Well, I'm sure. I mean, Bear Bryant was more than happy to play Mississippi State through the 50s and 60s. Well, yeah, because they're terrible. They're awful back then. <laughs> That's kind of the point. Kind of the point. Um, interesting day. It certainly is. Hey, uh, we're a little out of whack on this, but what do you say we continue our countdown of 100 teams in 100 days? Sure. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. One hundred teams in 100 days, team number 81, the Temple Owls out of the American Fight, fight, fight for the cherry and the white. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Temple, the cherry and the white. Lincoln Financial Field is their home. And uh, I got a veteran quarterback. So, hey, we, we, we were supposed to call Ben McDonald. Let's hold off until the next segment, and we'll make sure it works with his schedule, and we'll talk with Ben. We, uh, we got wrapped up in football schedule news and lost sight of what we were supposed to do there. So we will uh, try to do that. What? I was like, aren't we spot? I said, Borky, text like, what, what are we? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> we just forgot. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's on uh, you. So, so this, has not been my, me, this has not been a good day for me. Just simply, just not. I, I need. I need to go home and reset. Um, but just not a good day. It's okay. It happens. Very bad day. You too, man. I tell you what. Temple only won three games last year, but they were kind of a fun three-win team. Their wins were Lafayette, Massachusetts, UMass, and South Florida, who was really, really bad. But but here's the thing. So they lose in overtime to Navy, 27 to 20. They lose at Houston, 43-36, and Houston scored. They had the lead in that game with like 40 seconds left. Uh, And then they lose by three to East Carolina in the regular season finale, 49-46. 
there were I mean, that was a three-win team that was really not far from being bowl eligible at six wins. Now, I know you don't get to do the, well, this or that thing, but here we are. Um, quarterback play was really, really good. They had a true freshman at quarterback a year ago, E.J. Warner. He, uh, Yes, that is the son of Kurt Warner. He threw for yeah. over 3,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He was not the starter at the beginning of the year. Do you know who this let me Let me see if this name jogs any memories for you. Temple's opening day starter last year was Dewan Mathis. From Georgia. Yes. Yes. Former five-star, didn't work at Georgia, didn't work at Temple either. Ended up, ended up as a receiver at uh, at Temple as the uh, season went on. Uh, EJ Warner just took a stranglehold on that job and, and never let go. Kind of an old soul. Completed sixty one percent of his passes. Averaged two hundred seventy five yards a game, and just got. I mean, they threw it four hundred forty three times in eleven games with him, and it just got better and better and better as the uh, as the season went along. So Temple will open the season this year with, oh, shoot, I skipped off their schedule page. My apologies. They open the season with Akron this year, and then it kind of gets interesting. They go to Rutgers in week two. They have Norfolk State at home in week three. And then in week four, Temple hosts Miami in Philadelphia. That's a weird game. Why? Miami is going to Philly to play in an NFL stadium against Temple. And I still probably put the like over-under on total number of fans at that game at about 24,000. Maybe they'll be surprised. Then it's, uh, it's American Conference play. Tulsa, UTSA, North Texas, SMU, Navy, South Florida, UAB. And uh, they close it out at home against Memphis on November 25th. So that is uh, that is Temple, team number 81 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Trying to see if their starting running back from last year was returning or not, but I, I can't. They're they're really limited on their information available on the website. Edward Sadie was their running back last year, pretty good player. So I tried to get, uh, I guess it's not out yet, I tried to get uh, Phil Steele last night, and as I was looking for it at Barnes & Noble, it hit me. There's no way that these guys that do these preview magazines anymore are going to be able to paint the full picture anymore. It has, Yeah, you're right, but it has been published, and it has been mailed to the people that ordered it early online. So, Like, I'm checking the mailbox daily right now. Yeah, and I can't wait to get mine either, but to use the local example... There, there are going to be starters for Ole Miss that Phil Steele would not have known existed when he completed the preview page for Ole Miss. Yeah, you're right. And I you're wonder right. how Absolutely many teams right. that will apply to, because you're still seeing more portal commitments happen every so often elsewhere. Are those guys going to start there? Probably a tougher year than most for guys like him. Yeah, I mean... The amount of time that he spends talking to actual coaches about their roster, but I mean, it, it changes. It's like it's not like a coach is going to be, well, you know, I told Phil Steele that uh, this was what it was going to look like, and 
We probably don't need to change that now. Hey, coaches are going to do whatever they need to do for their rosters. Yeah. But, it, yes, I, w- I would agree that is a more difficult task than it has ever been. And he goes through the spring games and depth charts and everything else. Um, but, yeah, it will be, will be kind of fascinating to see how that uh, that plays out. So Temple is team number 81 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. Tomorrow we will hit team number 80, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles. That's coming up tomorrow. So correct me if I'm wrong, we're not caught up on a Wednesday. Nope. There was some news that broke this afternoon that kind of changed yeah, I just, things I just, you know, just, just a little. This is twice twice I've tweeted, hey, we're going to talk about this team today, and we didn't. I, I blame you. Blame me if you must. Sometimes I, did. I just did. Sometimes certain teams deserve more time, and Southern Miss is one of those teams. They deserve a little more time than squeezing it in mm-hmm. at the end of no, the show. No, I agree. I agree with that. I'm just, I feel like I've been false advertising. Yeah, well, you know, we also advertise Ben McDonald will be joining us. Hopefully that will happen coming up next. I'm about to text him at the break. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Podcasts. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more. Super Talk Mississippi. On Sports Talk in Mississippi, appear on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Our friend Ben McDonald, who is going to be on the call at the College World Series in Omaha, is in Omaha and is kind enough to spend a few minutes with us this afternoon. Hope you had uh, safe and easy travels today. It's that time of year, man. What a fun couple of weeks that are coming up. Yeah, you know, I'm glad, Richard, glad to be with you. And, of course, I was glad to make it in Omaha today. Didn't have any trouble getting here, which which is always nice. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. We got we got a good field, uh, some interesting teams. Uh, you know, a lot of the powerhouses made it here, and some of the teams we thought would make it here wasn't a ton of upsets, although it was a few, obviously. But uh, it's going to be a good World Series. There's a lot of talent here, and a lot of good fan bases here. Let's start with Ben, with the team that you're more familiar with. Any other this LSU team that spent the majority of the season as number one and has been a top ten team the entire year. It really is hard to believe that they have not been to Omaha since 2017. I feel like everybody associates LSU with the College World Series. I know fans have gotten antsy. That's the reason that Jay Johnson was bought, uh, brought in. Is LSU built to win this entire tournament with the way that it's set up? I think so. I mean, look, we all watched Ole Miss, you know, last year. And when you talk about built to win, you know, I, to me, it falls on teams that are playing well and the hottest teams. And we saw Ole Miss do that last year, you know, but – with the all days and the way this thing is set up, everybody knows Paul Skeen's the best pitcher in the country, you know. And, and honestly, there's some good pitchers out there, but I don't even think it's even close. Like, he's been that dominant this year. And, you know, with the way the off days are structured, you win your first two balls. You know, you play a day, you get a day off. You play another day, you win that, you get two days off. So yep. there's almost a scenario in there, we've seen it before, where, you know, your best pitcher, if you make a deep, deep run and make it all in the championship series, you get three starts in the College World Series, you know. And so, yeah, I mean, look. Talk about LSU, they didn't finish the season like they wanted to. They were 7-7 seven and seven in their final 14 games. But, look, I think Jay Johnson rallied the troops, and, and the Tigers look really good in their regional and look really good in their super regional. So they seem to be playing like that team that, as you mentioned, was ranked number one uh, for, what, 11 consecutive weeks to begin the season, you know. So 
I think LSU has as good a chance as anybody, but there's some really good teams here. Ben, you've been at Alec Box Stadium for a lot of big moments. Neither of the games against Kentucky were super competitive. I mean, lopsided scores. But there were a couple of moments in both of those games that I thought kind of created some of those special moments in that ballpark. Just the late start and and the way LSU hit the ball on Saturday night. And then Sunday night for Dylan Cruz to get that two-run double in his last at-bat in Baton Rouge. Man, those looked like they were kind of hair on the back of your neck stand-up moments. No doubt. I mean, that, that, that's probably the loudest, or as loud I can definitely say, uh, as I've ever heard the boxes when, when Cruz came up. You know, of course, LSU was up big, but it was a it was a big moment where you kind of ne- put the final nail in the coffin kind of deal, you know, and his final at-bat uh, after three All-American seasons, you know. And look, Dylan Cruz, and this is a mouthful, but Dylan Cruz will arguably go down, and, and I think he is the greatest position player to ever play at LSU, and that is a mouthful. But for him to finish yeah, off is. his career – uh, like he did was pretty special. It kind of reminded me of, of Jake Bangham in the Super Regional and Big Hit Max in the Super Regional over at State a few years ago and the way they went off the field there in their final at bats. And, and so it's really cool for Dylan Cruz. And, and, and I know Tiger fans are, are excited about getting back on Hall. I'm with you on that. First time since 17 they've been back here, you know. So I, I think this is a bunch that's driven. The team that expected to be there when the season began and expected to win the College World Series, they'll get that opportunity now. I got to ask you about Quinn Matthews from Stanford. I know you've seen the stories. He throws 156 pitches in that game. And Ben McDonald in college at LSU would have just kind of been like, yeah, okay, that's what you got to do. But the game is in a different place than it was uh, in the late 80s. Um, what do you make of, of a guy going out and, and throwing that many pitches in a game? Are you, you okay with it? Well, yeah, I mean, look, it didn't bother me that much because you know, if the recovery is going to be there for him, and look, that's where we are with our college pitchers now, our, our aces. I mean, they're throwing every seven days. And I'm, I mean, I don't want to go out and throw 156 pitches every weekend. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is when you get to the playoffs and you get to the postseason play, we see our major league pitchers do this, right? We see them do things they don't typically do. In other words, we'll see a pitcher come back on short rest. We've seen starters who get two starts in the World Series, and they come back and release two days later. You know, and so you yeah. do things a little bit differently when you get to the postseason. I would never want to see the kid throw 156, you know, in back-to-back starts or, or maybe throw 156 and come back and release the next day or two, you know, kind of like we used to do. I, I wouldn't want that for anybody. But if he gets a full six or seven days off before he pitches here in the College World Series, I'm okay with that because – there's a big difference in throwing 156 when you're struggling and you're getting hit all over the field and you're walking guys versus 156 where you're cruising along pretty good. And, look, I watched a lot of that game. He cruised along a lot of 16 you know? strikeouts. So, yeah, it wasn't. And that's what I was kind of watching his stuff. His stuff didn't – the below stayed the same. The stuff was stayed really good. And so, yeah, he, he's a, he's the ace of the Stanford staff. Now, I don't expect him to go in game one because of the short rest. We'll, they hadn't named the starter yet, but I'm sure he'll go in game two for sure. You know, so – I'm okay with it. People made a lot of Paul Skeens, too. Paul Skeens threw 120, I think, four pitches against Tulane in the regional. People jumped up down the screen and hollered. I was like, wait a minute. They gave him an extra day. He pitched on his eighth day coming from the SEC tournament, and they cut him back in the start before that. So in case they wanted to use him like this, they could. And so I'm okay with that. You know, recovery is the most important thing. And if you're going to up your pitch count by a few, you got to have the recovery days in there and nothing in between. And those guys, are, I'm sure, will both get get that. Ben, what's your schedule? Are we going to see you on the early games or the late games? I am right now on the early games, and that is subject to change. 
It always seems to change like that. But as of right now, I have TCU and Oral Roberts kicking this thing off uh, on, on Friday at 1 o'clock. And then I'll have the day game Wake Forest and Stanford, which I'm looking forward to seeing Wake Forest. I've heard a lot about them. They look very talented on paper, but I'm looking forward to that. Well, and, and based on what they've done, so lowest ERA in the country, hitting over 300 as a team, over 100 bombs this year, hitting for average, all, all of that good stuff, are they the most complete team in the field? It's hard to argue that they're not. I mean, right? I mean, when the numbers you just mentioned, I mean, look, when you're first in ERA in the country, first in whip, you're fourth in homers, uh, you, you're a good fielding team, they're 14th in fielding in the country, and they're third in runs per game. And so when you combine all those things, it's hard to say they're not the most complete team. You know, now we do have the – we got the, the boppers here, right? I mean, I think five of the top ten teams and top ten in home runs are here at Omaha this year. You're talking about Tennessee and, of course, Florida, LSU, Wake can bang it. You know, there are, or Roberts can bang it too. But this Wake Forest team, man, I tell you what, it seems to be – very, very complete team. And people say, well, listen, they play in a band box, and that's why the offensive numbers are where they're at. I'll say, okay, well, maybe so, but that even makes the pitching staff that much more impressive that it can play in a very offensive ballpark for over half their games and yet lead the nation at home in, in ERA. So it goes to say something, it says something about their pitching and certainly about their defense, too. All right, Ben, I'm going to put you in a different spot. I'm not, not as a pitcher, not as a, a broadcaster, but I'm going to make you a general manager. And you have the first pick in the draft uh, in a month. And you are choosing between Paul Skeens, Dylan Cruz, and Wyatt Langford. Who are you taking number one? Are, are we taking out, are we taking out the, the idea of cutting a deal? Saying, okay, if I take this guy, I can save money, I'll roll that money. Are we just talking about what, what I would do, everything being equal? You have three guys that you think can change the future of your franchise and you're going to be able to, to get them signed and get it done. Which one you got? are you taking? Well, if, to make it simple, if I need a pitcher, obviously you know who you take, right? If I think that's, a, that, that's where I got to go, I'm, I'm drafting for my club right now and saying what is my biggest need for my club right now, and that's what I would probably do. I to answer your question in a long way, I like Dylan Cruz more than Langford, although I think Langford might have a bigger upside, but Dylan Cruz has done it every year since he's been 13 years old. Remember why Langford couldn't even get on the field his freshman year at Florida. So I've got a better, uh, I guess, track record uh, with Cruz. I'll tell you this, um, Paul Skeens is the best pitcher prospect we've seen in baseball since Steven Strasburg came along. He's that good. And so, okay. But here's the problem. If I'm a GM, I know that position players have outperformed pitchers at the top of the draft in the history of the draft. And so it makes you want to lean a little bit more towards a position player. But if the Pirates can, if the slot value is $9 million and the, and the Pirates go to Wyatt Langford and say, Wyatt, we'll pay you seven, but that's all we're going to pay you. We're going to take you number one. We're going to save two million. We're going to roll it over into a high school kid, maybe in rounds two or three. They may end up with Wyatt Langford. But if talent being talent, what it is, what's going to happen is Cruz goes first, Skeens goes second, Langford goes third, and the Tigers. All right. Well, we'll certainly keep an eye on that. How quickly does Skeens get to the big leagues? You can put it there tomorrow. If you wanted to, and I've said this, if you wanted to, you could plug him in to a bullpen right now tomorrow in Major League Baseball, and he'd hold his own. It's it's the fastball. is elite. For your viewers out there, his fastball averages 98.5 miles an hour. I went and looked the other day on Pitch Savant. There's one major league starting pitcher, starting pitcher that is averaging 98.5 or better, and that's that's Green over with with the Cincinnati Reds. 
Paul Skeens would be the only one doing that in the big leagues right now if he was in the big leagues. That's how elite the fastball is and the slider. It's, it's a special kind of talent that, that doesn't come along very often. So if Pittsburgh takes him number one, it would not surprise you to see him in Pittsburgh next year? No, it wouldn't surprise me at all. I think they're resting this year. Now, the decision they make is this. right there. They're right there in first place, or, or almost. Or I think they are in first place in their division right now. Do they need some help down the stretch? Could they use yeah. another arm down the stretch this year to get into the playoffs? That's interesting for me. I don't think they do that because, you know, he's going to go over 100 innings this year, and I can't see that scenario where they take a chance on doing that. I think they probably want to rest him. But if they did take him number one or whoever does take Paul Skeens, I would not be shocked to see him in a big league uniform next year at all. We've got two guys right now in the big league that came from our 22 draft last year. You know, the That's shortstop, right. Zach Neto over at Campbell, starting for the Angels at shortstop right now, and the hard thrower, Ben Joyce, who was at Tennessee last year. He's in the big leagues right now as well. Let the broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. live on Friday. You excited about that? I am. It'll be a fun show. So what's the Where, lineup? I don't know. It's far down. It's just Foo Fighters. I don't know who's opening for them. Where is it? Uh, it's at Oak Mountain Amphitheater outside of Birmingham. There you go. Was Is this just a show you wanted to go to, or was this a special occasion, or... Birthday present. Well, my anniversary is Thursday, so this is this is more for my wife than I'm not a big live music guy. So but she wanted to go and I was like, Well, this will be a great anniversary idea. So let's do that. You've done big Birmingham concerts in consecutive years. You did Garth Brooks last year, I have. Foo Fighters this year. I have. Yeah. Or was Garth Next year my Birmingham thing my next year my, my no it's last year. Like next year my Birmingham thing will hopefully be the Field of Dreams game. The, the Giants are coming to Birmingham for that one. Well, so. They need to not call that the Field of Dreams game, though. Yeah, I get that, but that, that they're going to play it in Birmingham. If, if i, I got to see what the tickets cost, obviously. I'm not going to go out of, out of my mind, but if I can go for a reasonable price to see the Giants, I will. Where are they going to play that? Are they, like, erecting the whole Field of Dreams set up like they no, did in Iowa? No, there's an old stadium. Hold on a second. If you want to talk while I'm looking. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. Rick Wood Field is the name of it. Okay. Uh, okay. It's the oldest professional baseball park in the, the United States. It was built for the uh, Birmingham Barons in 1910. And Very cool. Yeah, well, isn't that where, is that where Willie Mays played before he made the switch over to MLB? Probably. Uh, I, I think that was his home stadium before he made the switch. I think. It seats 11,000, so maybe maybe the tickets won't be too terrible. Hey, when we get finished uh, here in just a few minutes, you can uh, stay right here on Super Talk Mississippi, Thunder and Lightning on the radio, hosted by Brian Haydad. It happens every Wednesday night immediately after Sports Talk Mississippi. What? I was I was hoping to get the shot in. Oh, you 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 prefer when I forget to promote your show so that you can tell everybody that I'm a jerk, or at least you can think that I'm a jerk. Right. Well, it's all yeah. It's all part of the game. Hey, if you're looking for that being said, 
live reaction to the schedule release coming up. So that'll be interesting. As it happens. If you're looking for a new car, truck, or SUV, Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota is the place to go. They are located on Highway 6 West, just west of Oxford, and uh, easy to get to right off the highway. Great selection of F-150s on the uh, Ford lot right now. You know, for the last couple of years, really going back to uh, the early days of the pandemic, it's been hard to find F-150s. It's been hard to find vehicles, uh, but it's getting a little bit easier. They've got a great selection right now of F-150s, a couple of Broncos on the lot. They've got some Explorers and more cars and trucks coming in every single day. Also, a great selection of used vehicles that are on the lot. So if uh, you don't want a new one, but you're looking for a used one, they've got that for you just up the hill from Belk Ford. You've got Oxford Toyota, good selection. They've got some uh, great-looking Tundras. The new Tundra, the redesigned Tundra, is just absolutely spectacular. Got a few of those on the lot at Oxford Toyota as well. And, of course, the service department is there for all of your service needs, whether it's just routine maintenance like oil changes and tire rotations. If you need uh, your transmission flushed, if you get diesel work that needs to be done, they can take care of all of those things at the service department at Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. Tell them we sent you Highway 6 West in Oxford. That's Belk Ford and Oxford Toyota. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky. Tomorrow we will have full reaction to the entire SEC schedule release. If you want to watch that, it's coming up live on SEC Network. That will begin in just minutes. You can uh, you can kind of uh, watch it a- alongside Brian Haydad and react in real time with uh, with him on Thunder and Lightning. I was thinking like I, I might as well not even bring up the the the, the stream. Right? It'll be so, Twitter will be so far ahead of that. I just sit there and watch, keep up with it on Twitter. Yeah, I guess so. Guess you can do that. Although you might need to focus yeah. on the show that you're actually doing. There you go. I can do both. I can do both. That is where I, Willie May played, by the way, I, I, in Birmingham. That is where he uh, played. Borky, I'm I'm sorry that you're going to have to be collateral damage here. For example, if I had a, a guest, I just wouldn't, you know, forget they were coming on. No, that's my fault. That's not Borky's fault. Okay then, Borky, oh, no collateral kind of damage. Very good. Yeah, we're all. Uh, you know good. what? He took the he took the blame. He took the blame. No, I, I just bad day for me. My mind is in ten different places, and they are all in different. Yeah, pulling me in different right. directions. We don't blame you. We blame Richard. bad day. Also, also tomorrow we have the start of the U.S. Open. I know Haydad has been looking forward to that yeah. at uh, at beautiful hey. and interesting. L.A. Country Club. I tried to the, get us a big golf guest today. I couldn't pull it off, but I tried. Yeah. Um, I hate I just reached out directly to Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. I was like, he might be busy today, but, uh, hey, I appreciate the effort. Hey, doesn't, if he said maybe we can try. get him on tomorrow. We'll see. We'll yeah. See. Uh, so the U.S. Open from the Los Angeles Country Club. Uh, there is a 290-yard par 3. Probably not going to play that long for most of the tournament. There is also a par 3 that could play 80 yards with a uh, with an upfront pin position and the pros are scared to death of it it's going to be fun thanks for being with us sports talk mississippi in the pearl river resort studio good night oh it's incredible 
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.